into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. Please give a warm welcome to another returning guest. Here she is, your mental samurai. It is Heather Hurley. Heather, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm so glad to be back. I am very glad to have you back. Uh, now, technically, you are still the, the defending champion of Mental Samurai, correct? I am going to hang on to that title. They're going to have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands uh, until there is another. If there ever is another, yes, <laughs> I am the Mental Samurai Grand Champion, parentheses, reigning. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, why don't you remind everybody uh, who you are, what you do, a little bit about yourself. Uh, it's been a while since you've been a Nazi. Not too long, but, but it's been a while. Yeah, and the world is changing all the time. So for those of you who have forgotten or would like to be reminded, uh, my name is Heather Hurley. I live in Arlington, Virginia, just across the river from Washington, D.C. I am a federal government civil servant serving you, the taxpaying public at the Library of Congress, where I work in strategic planning for the Copyright Office. Uh, although I don't go into Washington, D.C. right now, I am working from home, probably like many people listening are, but um, the work of government and the library and copyright continues, and so it gives me something to distract from, you know, everything else that is going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> Too much. Some might say too much, but you know, we, there's, what is that Irish proverb? May you never live in boring times or something. So we're, we're definitely getting that all out of the way this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an era that we uh, hopefully will uh, not soon forget so that we don't repeat, but uh, that we soon forget and becomes old hat. Uh, speaking of old hat, this is not an old hat episode of Beat My Guest. This is the brand new era. Heather, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, you are not just in the hot seat uh, by yourself uh, in isolation entirely because you are part of our hopefully soon to be uh, an annual occurrence, the Beat My Guest Tournament. Shocker! Dun, dun, dun. Insert sound like tournament sound effect here. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Oh, no, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, we're no? not doing okay. that anymore. No. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. You are competing uh, in a 16 contestant tournament. Uh, you will register a score for this episode. The highest possible score is 50. I do not expect you to get 50. I don't expect anyone to get 
anywhere near 50. We've gotten rid of all the wagering. None of that going on. I'm going to tell you how much each question is worth. Uh, however, you are going to hopefully get a high enough score so that you can beat my audience. I mean, they're going to be trying to beat you on the individual basis. But also, uh, the top six scores out of our 16 contestants will be asked back for the semifinal round. Yeah, we'll get to that in a couple of months, but uh, hopefully you can indeed... Uh, Place yourself uh, well enough here so that all others who follow will uh, pale in comparison, as it were. Some sort of reference to Jack and Jill here, carrying a pale in comparison. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you have any questions before we get started? You know, we didn't get an Olympics this year, but may this take the place of, of that glorious event, a, a mental Olympics, if you will. Indeed. Indeed. So, brand new season, brand new rules. We're going to kick things off with a brand new category, as every contestant will face. It's called the this, that, or the other. This, that, or the other. Here are the rules for this. I am going to give you three broad categories, and then I'm going to read you off a list of ten items. For each item, you need to place it in the correct category. Uh, you will receive one point for each of the ten that I give you. However, be careful, Heather. Some items may, in fact, fit into more than one of the three categories that I give you. You will only get the point if you correctly state all of the categories which oh, that item fits into. Yes, there is the rub. I. Two things I will promise you, though. Uh, each item does fit at least one category. There are no shenanigans on that front. I'm not going to stump you and go, ha-ha, that was in none of them. No, that each item fits into at least one of the categories, just possibly multiple. Uh, also, get that game theory hat off your head and throw it away. Uh, these ten items are being pulled at random from a larger set of items. So don't try and say, oh, well, there hasn't been anything from category two, so therefore this must be in na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And nah, uh, you're not going to be able to game theory your way into this. So uh, that's about it. Any questions? All right. I've gently, lovingly placed my game theory hat on a chair nearby. I never just willy-nilly discard it. Uh, how dare you? Uh, but also I've written no shenanigans, parentheses, yet, question mark in my notes. <laughs> so, you know me I, too well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to withhold judgment, but um, sure, let's go ahead. Very good. Well, here, then, are your three categories for this, that, or the other. Uh, first, we have this. Skating moves. Skating moves. We have that. Parts of a flower. And we have the other. Headgear. So your three categories are skating moves, parts of a flower, and headgear. Here is your first item that is Kabuto. Kabuto. And a reminder for those listening at home and for Heather as well, all homonyms, homophones are fair play. I do not spell any of the items. You just have to hear it and figure it out yourself. Those be the rules for one and for all. Kabuto. Kabuto sounds Japanese to me, which doesn't necessarily eliminate or put in favor any of the categories, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kabuto is a skating move. A Kabuto is not a skating move. Kabuto is a type of headgear. A type of headgear. 
a little Japanese helmet of some sort. What is Japanese? Okay. Indeed. Uh, number two, Kotalodons. I am reaching back to high school biology class, and that sounds to me like a part of a flower. It is indeed part of a flower. One point for you. Well done. Well done. Number three, Pith. All right. Well, certainly I've heard of a pith helmet, so that definitely uh, is headgear. However, I feel like pith is also a plant something. So I'm going to go out on a limb, uh, no pun intended, and say that pith is both headgear and a part of a flower? Pith is both headgear and part of a flower. Well done. Well done. Two points for you. Let us keep going with item number four, helm. Helm. Helm, I believe, is a headgear, if Lord of the Rings steered me correct. Uh, is it anything else? Oh, boy. I guess it could be either of the other things, although I don't think part of a flower. So I'm going to say a helm is headgear. Helm, of course, being the base of the word helmet, uh, is indeed headgear and nothing else. Well Yay. done. Uh, I, I, I know once you start doing this, the head games just start. <laughs> so just headgear, no head games. Here is number five. Number five, Twizzle. Twizzle, er, certainly a delicious confection, but that's not one of the categories. Twizzle, what is a twizzle? Do you wear it? Is that a part of a flower? Is that where the licorice got the name from? Twizzle. Oh, boy. I'm going to go on with the category that I feel I know the least about. I'm going to say a twizzle is a skating move. Skating move is your answer, and a twizzle is when you take your left foot and put it over your right and kind of grapevine around on the ice. It is indeed a skating move. Well done. Four out of the first five. Let us move on to number six. Carpal. Carpal is a, uh, well, oh gosh, I was going to say it's a tunnel, which probably means um, it's a biological term, so I'm going to say definitely a part of a flower, but is a carpal... Also, something that you wear on your head or do on the ice. Um, I'm going to say that a carpal is just a part of a flower. A carpal is just part of a flower. Well done. Point for you. Uh, Item number seven, cortex. Oh, another biological term, cortex. Uh, Part of the brain. So I'm going to guess part of a flower, too. Is a cortex something else? Don't do the mind games. Would, would we just have two parts of a flower in a row? Oh, boy. Well, if, if cortex is a brain thing, then maybe it's also a headgear thing. I'm going to say a cortex is a part of a flower and a headgear. A cortex is just part of a flower. Cannot yeah. give you the point there. Dang it. Yes, let's take our Nash equilibrium and throw it on out of here, like I said. <laughs> oh, that's, item. On, that's on me. Yep, yep, yep. Well, no, it's not on you. It's not headgear. Uh, item number eight, Beelman. 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 Oh, that's not ringing any bells. And of course, I'm not allowed to ask for a spelling. Um, I'll go again with the category I know the least about. I will say that that is a skating move. Beelman is indeed a skating move. Well done. Next up, item number nine, Axel. Okay, I definitely know what a skate. That's a skating move, right? Triple axle, double axle. Um, I'm trying to think from the terminology. I think of like an axle and a wheel is spelled differently. I guess while homonyms. Uh, is it a headgear or a part of a flower? 
Ugh, I'll say an axle is a skating move. An axle is a skating move, but it is also part <sighs> of a flower when spelled A-X-I-L. Oh, axle. oh, yet another kind of axle. Yes. L-E-E-L-I-L. Indeed. So I cannot, cannot give you that point. We have one more item left. It is item 10, and that is pistol. Pistol. Uh, definitely a part of a flower, right? Stamen and pistol. Uh, it's a gun, which I technically could be headgear, but not quite what we're going for here. Is it also a skating move? Um, oh boy. I will say a pistol is just a part of a flower. A pistol, while could be considered a firearm, certainly. That's not one of our categories. It is just part of a flower. Well done. Well done. Looks like you have seven out of a possible ten here. Good job, Heather. How are you feeling after that uh, <laughs> initial foray into the tournament? Well, vocabulary, like I read a lot, so vocabulary is definitely a thing I feel good about. I know lots of words. I didn't know all of these, but um, that was a good beginning for me. That was a good way for me to ease myself into this. I think so. I, I, I would concur. Well done there. Seven points for you as we head into the main portion of our question round. Five questions await you. Now, not everybody's been able to pick up on this pattern here, but let's see. I think you're pretty smart. The first question is going to be worth one point. Second question is going to be worth two points. Go on. Third question will be a special question worth up to three points. And can you guess what the next two are going to be worth after that? Are they gonna, is question four going to be worth four points? Well, yeah. Wow. See, now that that's me earning my Mensa card right there. Indeed. And, and qu question, question five, five worth five, five points? Yes. Is it? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. okay. Can't put anything past you. I see what you, you did there. Uh, yes, indeed. Indeed. All right. So let us kick things off with, before we get to the questions, I know you were ready. I'm trying. I'm, this is where I play the mind games. I've asked you questions. I've told you what I know about them, but I want to know what you know about something. I've asked you to prepare a little fact or tidbit, something to give back at me. So, Heather, what do you know? My fact is that Super Bowl 45, in which the Green Bay Packers defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers, was the first Super Bowl without any cheerleaders. Interesting, interesting. Now, I, I believe... The reason for that has nothing to do with social distancing, but simply the fact that neither team actually employs them. Am I correct? That is correct. In the before times, there were, I think, six cold weather NFL teams that just don't have cheerleaders because it's not a practical thing to send out, you know, the generally scantily clad ladies out in the in the frozen tundra. So, yeah, they just didn't have cheerleaders on those teams. And so when they met in the Super Bowl, no cheerleaders to be had. There you go. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, the, the Green Bay doesn't really need cheerleaders uh, since everyone comes dressed with their own uh, cheese head and uh, kind of screams and, and, and does their own little uh, chants, I suppose. So That's a very diplomatic way to describe we Packers fans, me being <laughs> one of them. There's, there's body paint, there's face paint, there's drunken revelry and such. Absolutely. 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 Well, excellent. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. And now it is time to uh, once again uh, don your headgear. <laughs> Boo. Boo, indeed. All right, here is question one for you, Heather. Worth one point if you get it right. So again, no, no harm, really, if you get it wrong. It's not the end of the world, but, you know, every point counts in this tournament. Your question is as follows. Roger Ebert said that this was the Citizen Kane 
of cheerleader movies. What movie was he talking about? Wow, speaking of cheerleaders, that was a wonderful segue that I'm going to pretend that we planned. Um, well, I don't watch a lot of cheerleader movies, but I'm going to cite one that often gets a lot of play and that I'm sure was very good, which is Bring It On. Bring It On is your answer, and it's already been broadened, Heather. That is correct. Bring It All On. All right. The Citizen Kane of cheerleader movies. Have you seen Bring It On or are you just aware? Of Bring I it? haven't. I'm only aware. But now I obviously will need to <laughs> as part of, of, the, of the American film canon. It, well, you know, I, I, uh, I enjoyed the film when I saw it. I mean, uh, you know, you got a dunst and you got a dushku. How can you go wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, if, if only for that. And you know what? In pandemic, you got a lot of time. I got nothing but time. So why not? You said it. You said it. All right, let's quickly, uh, before we run out of time here, let's move on to our next question worth two points. Two points. You are sitting on eight points thus far. Two points will be added to your score if you can get this one right. What airline is centered on Miramar, Florida? What airline's headquarters can be located in Miramar, Florida? What airline is headquartered in Florida? And of course, all the airlines coming to mind are in other places. Um, uh, well, I guess I don't know where United and American are. I, it could be a little airline, too. Um, I will guess American Airlines. American Airlines is your answer. And I am sorry, Heather, that is not correct. We were just talking about Bring It On. And one of the features of Bring It On was, of course, they, they, they all were very aware of not dropping the spirit stick. Spirit, oh, spirit Airlines is the answer. Spirit, a fine airline where it's only $9 to get on the plane, but if you want a seat, it's $15. If you want oxygen, another $15. If you would like the plane to actually take off, another $15. And before you know it, you've spent four figures on your flight. Super, super. How they get you. Nickel and dime you. <laughs> Tell you before you know it. Indeed. All right. Well, you know what? Eight points. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And we are now up to our three-point question maximum of three points in this one it is our fungo three of a kind you are familiar with fungo three of a kind from the old uh beat my guest format we've tweaked it just a little bit here it is still three disparate clues pointing to the same singular answer however i'm only going to give you one clue at a time if you get the answer after clue number one you'll get three points if you need two clues to get the answer you'll get two points three clues only one point, and of course, if you don't get the answer, well, I think you could figure out where this ball is rolling. Uh, of course, one of these clues, probably easier to get. One of them, medium. One of them, harder to get. But I'm not going to put them in order for you. That wouldn't be fair. I'm going to let you pick the order. Which clue would you like first? A, B, or C. And keep in mind, once I read the clue, you only get one shot at it. You can't give multiple answers. One shot at the three points. So, A, B, or C for your fungo. B. Clue B for your fungo three of a kind. Here it is. Strong male scent. Is it musk? Three points for Heather. It is indeed Musk. Well done. 
three points added to your score gives you 11 points 11 points well done uh, I, you know that uh it just kind of came to you huh well, you know, a lifetime of being around smelly males has obviously paid off right here. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yes, the other clues that you uh, did not need. We had Arctic animal adjective. And we had South African entrepreneur. So, oh, Elon Musk. Oh, that's clever. Yes. Well, if you had gotten that one first, would you have gotten that from South African Entrepreneur? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, the one that I picked first was probably the best one because I right away started thinking about musk ox, musk rat. Yep. Indeed. And we all know uh, how much you love musk rat. Love. All right. Here's where music we... is not a good category for me, so I'm just going <laughs> to let that one sit. <laughs> Indeed. So, Heather, you got 11 points. Two questions left in this round before we get to our final twist of the uh, tournament. But we'll you know, still a little ways to go. This next question worth four points for you. Are you ready? I am ready. This band was formed in the early 80s by Brian Wheat and Frank Hannon. What is the name of this band? Oh boy, speaking of pop music, and neither of those names rings a bell with me, is it something to do with the previous questions? Musk, or spirit, or cheerleading? What is this band? Early 80s. Oh my gosh. Ah, I, wheat. I, I don't even have a good, I don't even have a good guess, and this isn't a good era for me either. Um, I, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is a band. So certainly, right. certainly uh, was possible that that was a correct answer. Unfortunately, that is not the correct answer. Uh, you were very, very wise. You are not, this is not your first rodeo, as it were, to potentially look back at previous questions to see perhaps maybe uh, spinning off from that. Yes, this is a band whose probably biggest claim to fame was a cover of a song by Five Man Electrical Band, the song that they covered, uh, Signs. Signs Everywhere Signs. They uh, did an acoustic version of that. And this is a band called Tesla. Oh, speaking of Elon Musk. Okay. Wow. Indeed. And Nikola Tesla, uh, you know, famed inventor. But hmm. So I cannot give you the points on that one, but we have one question left worth five points for you. And here is said question. You know, earlier in this uh podcast you mentioned that they were going to pry that mental samurai title from your cold dead hands oh are we doing it now Uh oh here we go okay <laughs> no 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 you, you can you can keep the title you can keep the title <laughs> you know the hot seat's not moving you're, you're cool on that regard too it's staying still all right i have <laughs> strapped to it just down. in case yeah okay no no but that brings to mind of course uh charlton heston famous for saying uh, that uh, phrase from my cold dead hands and of course charlton heston one of his more prominent roles was in the film planet of the apes for five points can you tell me who wrote the screenplay for Charlton Heston's version of Planet of the Apes? Oh, man. Uh, and I don't know if it's someone famous for screenwriting or for other kinds of writing. I don't think it was Charlton Heston himself. Um, goodness. Uh, 
science fiction-y something something. So oh, you got Asimov, Clark. Uh, let's see. I I will have to guess, and I will guess. I will guess Asimov. Isaac Asimov is your answer. Funny uh, little bit of trivia on Mr. Isaac Asimov. Uh, Isaac Asimov spoke at my uh, high school graduation. No way! He did. Uh, we were very disappointed at the time. It was it was a, a big anniversary for our school, and so they they wanted to shell out the big bucks for a really big speaker. And uh, they narrowed the list down to uh, three people, and they gave us a vote. And uh, of the three people, Isaac Asimov finished third in the voting. Uh, they decided not to give us Coretta Scott King. Which I thought oh, was wow. a much better, and and, and uh, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad they didn't give us our first choice, which was Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh well, you know, different times. De- definitely different times. Uh, basically, he told us, uh, like, "You kids think you're going to change the world? By the time I was your age, I'd already written 25 novels. You're not going to do nothing." Wow! <laughs> don't be a one-upper, Isaac Asimov. Real. <laughs> not the time. Read the room. Real inspirational. But anyway, uh, no, I'm sorry. It is not Isaac Asimov. I just happen to have a good story based on that answer uh, and decided to share it. Uh, No, uh, Planet of the Apes, of course, as you know, has a uh, twist ending where we find out that the spoiler alert from a film that's, you know, 50 years old, uh, that they've been on Earth the whole time. And, uh, well, that's probably because it came from an original draft of the script, though there were some rewrites by Rod Serling. Oh, cool. Rod Serling was the answer there, so can't give you the points. You are sitting on 11, however, and it is time for our final question of the game, Heather. Final question. It is called The Guillotine. We got the guillotine. One final question. If you get it right, Heather, you double your score. Simple, right? No problem. If you get it wrong, just, just no matter. Your score stays exactly the same. However. <laughs> How did you know the next word on my piece of paper? I sensed however? it. <laughs> however, if you give an answer that is not deemed uh, fitting the category, so no sandbagging, or... If you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, it's off with your head, and your score gets chopped in half. Uh, You have an odd number of points, so uh, if your score happens to get chopped in half, we're going to leave it there with a half there. uh, So so basically, you can finish with 22 if you get it right, 11 if you get it wrong, and, uh, you know, I release you from your uh, neck covering. Or five and a half points if you get guillotined. So, how are you feeling now? <laughs> well, you know, unexpected uh, French revolutionary overtones, but that's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with this. I'm gonna hoe that guillotine, that wrinkle. That's a tricky wrinkle, friend. It, it's a little refreshing. <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly uh, gets the blood flowing. I think here, a little, little bit of steaks. <laughs> so, uh, while I let you eat your cake, here is your guillotine question. Which hydrocarbon has the chemical formula C3H8? And to give you an idea of what a hydrocarbon might be, methane 
is CH4. Okay, so I think maybe some kind of gas that burns or substance that burns. Um, uh, methane. I guess I'll go maybe with another gas like that. I will guess propane. Propane is your guess. So methane, CH4, you've heard, of course, of ethane, correct? Possibly, question mark, slash, sure. Ethane is C2H6, which would be, you know, the next one up on the scale. You kind of add a carbon, you add two hydrogens. Then we get to C3H8, and then there is C4H10. That's how the hydrocarbon family goes. I will show you that the guillotine answer that I had prepared is actually the element C4H10, which is... Butane. Okay. Butane. Had you said butane, also a gas that you light, correct? Yeah. However, the correct answer is propane. (gasps) (laughs) And my gut said butane, and then I said, no, no, because that sounds like butt, and that's bad luck, so I went with protane. So take that, everybody. That's the kind of reasoning that sometimes the champion uses. Indeed. We're going to double your score, which means you... Have 22 points. 22 points, Heather. Good job. You are currently in the lead in first place after three contestants. However, many more contestants to go. Uh, All you have to do is finish in the top six. Hopefully, that will be enough for you to do so. But we shall see over time. Thank you so much for being here. Before I release you. Is there anything you'd like to say, shout out, comment? Uh, The floor, as they say, is yours. I would just like to say, if I may, on behalf of the Beat My Guest fandom, how happy I am that it's back. It is definitely, for me, a bright spot in these times, whether I'm in the hot seat or listening to someone else. So thank you for this. Oh, shucks. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure to have you, as always. You are welcome back anytime, but... You'll have to earn it. <laughs> uh, if you would like to reach out and join that group of fans, Beat My Guest, the Fans Hot Seat is our Facebook group. You can contact me at BMG Pod on Twitter. And if you'd like to help support the cause, patreon.com slash beatmyguest. We have a bunch of new Patreons I need to thank. So thank you to John, to Sarah, to Sean to Josh, to Eric, to Tristan, and to Richard, just a few of the patrons who have joined since the last time we met. The next time we meet will be a week from now. I hope that you will join us. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, Heather, you can go. (laughs) Bye. So long, everybody. We'll see you next time. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todd, and production.